Uh, hello. Hey, what's up, man? All right, my man KJ Keith is Slam Caesar at Slam Caesar Universe. Thank you for joining us tonight. How's it going, my man? Going good. My pleasure. Awesome. Uh, that that uh, that worked out. This is the first long distance uh, conversation I've ever had on the uh, on the cast. Sounds good. I appreciate. The, glad to have the honor. Awesome, man. Thank you for being here. Really, it's it's uh, no, it's really my my pleasure and, and my honor because I, I really, you know, I've been telling people that you're going to be on and, and you're a working man and you you know you're doing the dream and. I really respect the shit out of that because that's, you know, what it's all about. You get more stuff going on than I think a lot of people even can dream about. Um, so I've been on the, uh, I've been on all over the stuff today. I've been listening to it. Um, I, it seems like there's a different thing. The first couple songs and the other songs on the faster than light disc. Is that true? Or is it me? No, it's you. Same singer. It is. He sounds different. Um, are you talking about like the first CD compared to the new track I sent you? Yeah. No, same singer, same exact singer. Okay, well, I think um, because the, this new track sounded like uh, there was something like that was confusing on it. I was I was trying to look back. I listened to it the other day, and I was trying to find that. Um, but I think it was all mixed up. Uh, the the new track sounds like uh, something when you're leaving a movie. It's really uh, catchy and and like uh, one of those ones that like makes your day. Even if it was a sad movie, it just makes your day all feel all you know. It's gonna be everything's gonna be good. Um, you guys have a really powerful, positive kind of vibe, and I, I'm digging it. I appreciate that. I think you're referring to um, the song "Blacker," right? Yeah. And um, that you know, it's um, so that song is actually a heavier version of the um, of the first song on the original CD, and. Um, it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's like when I heard the new version, the heavier version of the song, um, I kind of felt like I, I sat back and I said, wow, and I think it's the, the best song I've ever written. And it certainly is the best outcome of anything I've written. And I'm, right. and I'm hoping that that was going to be the opener of the um, second CD. Oh. Um, that was going to be the opener. I'm sorry. It was going to be the opener of the second CD. And now I'm kind of thinking that it might end up being the last, the closing track, um, because I think it's just like I don't even know how I can put that song early in the in the CD and then have it build up to something even grander. So I think I kind of like shot my load on that first song, and right um, yeah, you know, now I got to do better. So it's um, you know, but we'll see how it all pans out. Um, it may, it, um, Ken Reedy is my singer and. He may sound a little different on um, on this song. We are using a new studio. Um, we're re we're recording um, in a much different manner than I've been used to. Um, right. So you know maybe the process is different. Certainly um, the engineering is different. We're not using any live amps. Everything is digital. Um, even the drums are the Roland V drums. Right on. And um, right. so that was something that my drummer Doug Moresco is having a hard time getting a feel for, but. Um, but what we found about, you know, we've got like really good, like drum sounds and the cymbal sounds, I'm still not a hundred percent sold on. So we've been, sure. we've been tweaking those and going through every digital parameter that we can go through to just to make sure that, um, it's like when the, when the cymbals crash, you know, this, that sounds good. But then as you hear the decay and as it rings out, that's where yeah. to me, it kind of feels computerish, you know? And that's where, so we've been really tweaking that and trying to get that. And I think we're really, really close to it. And um, again, what you heard is not even a, um, 
it's not a final mix. This is just like, you know, something that I have to listen to in the car in case I, sure. so I can make mental notes in case I want to change a lyric or I want to change um, a bass fill or something like that. Awesome. Who uh, is doing the solos on these? Because I got to say, they're very tasty. Thank you. I, was, I, was I do all the guitars. So that's that's me. You do? I do. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm like blown away, man. That, I don't know what you're talking about when you say the, the sh- dude, you do it in your, in your style. You are shredding bluesy, man. You're, you're, you're killing it. I was like, that shit's tasty all over. And it's really the sound. I mean, I don't know if you you are recording with Johnny Rod or you were with Johnny Rod for a while or whatever, but, um, but whoever's doing it, it just, it just sounds so good. I mean, so many people say that they play in bands and that they're doing it. And, but really like, you know, you guys have, everything sounds so professional, the the quality and, and even, you know, the song arrangement, it's like the way that the song should be like, personally, my favorite song is right now is uh job. Okay. I mean, you know, it's just, it jumps out at you. And I was like blown away. I was like, wow, I did not expect that. And it was short. And, you know, for somebody with ADHD, HD, <laughs> like I have, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it really like, it's really, you know, that's definitely one of my favorite songs on there. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, um, you know, I like three and some of the other ones as well. Um, but, uh yeah nothing can beat the jobs right now man that that's just you know well, i appreciate the it title that um <laughs> that was the first song i well that's on the first cd which is called now we're speaking french and that was all recorded right. with johnny rod so johnny rod did you know he engineered everything and i did all the guitars on that cd uh i did a little bit of bass johnny rod did a little bit of bass my actually ba- my actual bassist david greenberg he he did a, he did one song on the cd <laughs> and um we, I don't know, we just, um, what I liked about working with Johnny Rod is I loved the way, you know, he's a guitar player, and I loved the way he was yeah. able to get my guitar the sound. And sure. I had every intention, and I especially love the sound on, on Job. It's it's great. Um, yeah. The solo was the first take, nailed it, couldn't believe it. Oh. And um, you know, oh. I really, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be on the cover of Guitar Magazine anytime soon. But well, I, but I really think that you know, you know I, I just I was so pleased I just really elevated my guitar playing, um, and I think part of it was you know playing in front of a guitar player who I respect like you know like 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 J Rod, um, it was just really kind of forced me to be better. Definitely, he he pulls that out of you. He's he's an inspirational guy. He's one of my best friends, and you know he does all my stuff, and he he really knows what I want without even thinking about it. So. Um, you know, with the guitars and really he, he knows bass, he knows all the sounds, man. He's, he plays all everything. Yep. So, um, talented guy and he's great to work with cause he's, he's always understanding and he, you know, always is supportive and, and tries to think of ideas that could work. And he's really, you know, really patient if you need that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So and I gotta tell you, um, on one of the songs done something wrong. Um, I just couldn't get, I couldn't get a solo that would stick. And it was the only solo on the CD that I was really having problems with. And I must have done about 10 or 12 passes and we get a piece here that was good, a piece here that was good. And then finally, yeah. um, Johnny just says, you know, just stop, give me a minute. And like in his head, he knew exactly where every good piece of the solos were. And he must have taken about eight or nine tracks and just took little pieces and constructed the solo from what I had already played. And, and not yeah. only did he do that, but he also put all the pieces into sequence where it was actually playable on the, on the neck of the guitar. So you didn't have to jump around from like, from like the second fret to the 12th fret or the 14th fret. He made it so that it was a smooth transition to actually play it live. Right. It was just incredible. And, um, and that's, that's one thing I definitely, um, 
you know, made a difference. Having a guitar player as an engineer made a big difference in the things that I was able to do and the way that I could communicate um, with with um, J Rod. So that was um, it. Made it made the whole recording of the guitars very very smooth. And you know, it's funny. We were um, talking about mixes and. He's mixing um, one of the songs, and I noticed that he kind of starts to pan um, the solos a little bit to the right, and and then he says to me, "I'm panning all the solos to the right." And I stopped him and I said, "I know exactly why you're doing this because when you're sitting in the car, your left knee is blocking the front door speaker, and you want to be able to hear the solo." And he and he's like, "Yeah, that's exactly right." And like we were just like really connected, you know. Um, yeah. That way. It was just a freak funny thing, but. Um, but it was a great experience on recording with them. And I had every intention on doing the next CD with them, except for that um, I'm playing in a in another local band right now called Zero. And maybe maybe you've heard of Zero. And I have heard, and I heard that you were in it now. I, I don't know, I don't really know their backstory or what kind of music they play, but if you're if you're doing it, it's gotta be something. I appreciate awesome. it. I don't really know the backstory either, but I can tell you this. Um, I was in the band briefly a few years ago for about four or five shows. And it didn't work out so well. And then, um, okay. and then a mutual friend of ours, Ron Roberto, um, he took my yeah. spot as the bassist. Then he did about four or five shows, and it didn't work out so well. And then, um, yeah, it was just there. He was bass. Yeah, yeah, he played bass. And um, All right, yeah, Ron. and then, um, and then I, and then they asked me to come back into the band. And I, but knowing knowing how the mix or the fit was not good the first time allowed me to go into the band with a different mindset, knowing that I'm going to expect X, Y, and Z, and it's going to happen, right. but now I'm prepared for it. And, um, you know, so I've been back in the band now for a couple of months, and um, and our first show, those things that, you know, popped up the first time that really drove me nuts, did, didn't drive yeah. me nuts this time because I, I knew that was going to happen. So I was prepared like, for it. Give me, give me of something that you're saying like something live somebody's got their junk no you know what it is it's like kind of like you know the, the set list will change you know and like when i when i get ready for a show i like to have the set list in order from first song to last so i can practice the set list in order uh, and then right. um and then what, yeah. what zero likes to do is like depending on the mood of the audience um sometimes um they'll be like we're gonna skip this and go to this one and you know i was ready for that and then sometimes they'll be like Hey, do you know how to play this song? And I'll be like, No, I've never heard it. Uh -huh. And then it'll be like, Okay, well here it's just it's it's F sharp, it's A, it's B, and it's F sharp again. Uh, yeah, but then but but the whole thing is like now I was ready for it, so I knew it was going to happen, and it actually ended up being the last. The, well, it was the only gig I played with them since I've been back in the band, but it actually turned out to be yeah. a phenomenal gig, even with those things that would have drove me nuts three or four years ago. Um, uh, to me, I just I just embraced it this time, and it was. Well, that's that's awesome because it's being professional. But the things they're asking you to do are, are very unprofessional. No, I, I don't know. You know what it is? I just you know. think it's that's how they do it. You know, every band does it a little bit differently. Everything's loosey goosey, and yeah, I don't think so. I think in a real band, a professional band, you got your set list. You go up, you play your set. It doesn't matter what the crowd thinks or does. They're they're there to have fun, and but you're the professional. This is my set list. That's what I do, and then you walk off, and that's it. I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> don't know. I think I think you and I are going to disagree on this one only like with this particular band because I just know how it operates. And I think this band has to operate that way. And, you know, it's, it's you know, so I'm, I'm a, right now, I just, just let it ride, you know? Yeah, I hear it. But it's been a good experience so far. So I'm really psyched about it. And um, 
you know, but anyway, getting back to faster than light. So um, I brought the zero into the conversation because uh, we practice at um, the guitar player's uh, name is Marco Ferreira. And um, right. so we practice in his studio and so he's got a recording studio and we have to be there late one night. And we were talking about faster than light. And he said, why don't you come in and do a couple songs and we'll just bang them out real quick. And um, if you like what you hear, maybe we can go forward. So um, I did two songs. You heard one of them so far. Um, and right. um, I liked the feel. I liked the vibe. It was really easy going. Um, like I said, everything is digital. So no, no live amps, which was a lot different than sure. recording with Johnny Rod because everything was, was live. And um, right. the, um, the drums were the Roland V drums, which my drummer had a little bit of an adjustment period getting used to. But I think when all said and done, they're gonna, yeah. it's going to work out and sound you know, even better than what, what you're hearing now. And um, it's just, you know, I guess right place at the right time. Um, and maybe it's, you know, maybe just to be fair to myself, using a new engineer um, might be, you know, something good for my music um, and just to grow. Sure. And I can always go back to Johnny Rod for the next one, or I can go somewhere else. I can go somewhere oh. totally new. No, uh, I, you know, I just didn't know the extent to, you know, what, what was going on. I mean, I know he's busy as could be, and uh, he's hard to get in touch yep. with, you know. So, um, you know, I've, I've known him for 30 years. So it's uh, sometimes he's, he's busy and he does his own thing, and that's fine, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was just curious about that. Um, what, uh, what, what were your thoughts before I see that uh, Fast and Light started in 2015? Yeah, we're, um, thereabouts. Um... So what was your mindset before putting that in? You were you were playing with the others, or that was a few years before others that. Others was, was... Um, was two thousand six, and others um, was okay. really just a project um, with some friends, just because we wanted to do a CD. And um, we so we basically put the band together. We wrote eight songs or nine songs, whatever it is. I don't even know anymore. And um, we just went into the studio, went to a place up in um, uh, Putnam Lake, in. Um, I guess it's Dutchess County, um, New York. And we recorded um, a few songs, you know, it sounded good. We kept continuing. We put out a CD. It was just, you know, just something that four friends wanted to do, personal accomplishment, never even played a show, never even, I don't even think the four of us have been in the room at the same time since the CD has been, been done. Right. And that was just kind of like a one-off type of deal. Um, when Faster Than Light started, I was playing in, I want to say I was playing in a band called Crush, uh, which was okay. a fairly popular Rockland County band at the time. And um, Crush ended up not working out so well for me when all is said and done. But, um, yeah. but I was also playing in a band called, um, called The Boulevard. And that was a bunch of guys who I'd met from um, guys in Suffer, a little bit older than me. and. Um, Doug Maresco, who's my drummer for Faster Than Light, he's kind of like he and I kind of have been playing in bands together on and off for 30 years. So he's been he was in Crush, he was in Faster Than Light, he was in The Boulevard, he was in Others, you know. So so he and I, as a as a drum bass combination, have been pretty tight over the years. And what happened was I wrote a bunch of songs in the mid nineties, early to mid nineties, I was living up in Albany. I was going to grad school full time and I had an acoustic guitar with me in the, in the house that I rented and started, um, just sat on my porch one day and started writing songs. And I probably wrote about 15 or so songs. Um, I held on to them for a long time. And then when I 
I moved around a little bit, but when I came back into the Rockland County, New York area, I reconnected with um, some of my musician friends and one of them being um, Doug and Doug heard some of the songs and he's like, I think we should go and start a band with these songs and we should maybe record a CD at some point. So we actually did. And um, it took four and a half years to record the CD. And, and a lot of it was, you know, we do a lot of work for a month and then we take three months off and then do a lot of work again for a month. And mostly because it was just an expense to record it. And I wanted every, right. I wanted complete artistic control over everything. And the only way I could do that was <laughs> basically foot the bill for everything. So, um, so I chose to do that. And, um, you know, I'm very, very pleased with the CD that came out. There's a couple of things on the CD that kind of gnaw at me a little bit. Um, and I think anyone who creates, you know, a lengthy piece of music probably always has a couple of things where they say, I wish I would have gone back and did something different, or I wish I would have fixed that. Um, and I have a couple of things, you know, but nothing, that, nothing I'm losing sleep sure. over and nothing that I'll admit to on the air because, you know, people are going to go back and, and say, oh, yeah, yeah, now I hear what he's saying. And then you're always going to hear it. And so, um no, nobody's gonna. Nobody but you is gonna hear that. Let me let me tell you. I was just doing this track for yep. Out of Darkness, and I had to, I had to re, redo it because it, uh, it wasn't sitting well with me, like the the way it came out. And uh, I kind of, I really worked on it for a little while, and I added this beginning and this end part, which is kind of like a Cliff Burton, so I can right. double track the bass, and and I changed my parts in the middle, and it just makes the song sound so much more modern and like flowing and it really adds so much to it that it didn't have before. It was just like, you know, we were like riding an A, I think, but now it just sounds like such a different song. I'm so happy with it because I, you know, this is like from uh, 25 sure, plus I'm years ago. You guys from, um, so, you from Gelsey, from the Gelsey days. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you try not to step on yourself from the past because it is what it is. That's how the songs are. But sometimes, and in this instance, it was like, you know what? I hear something I didn't hear before. So that's good to have that. But let me just tell you, um, the thing, if you want total artistic control, you need to record it yourself, man. I mean, I've been using GarageBand for the last couple of years. I recorded the last few albums, and I've done all the recording myself. I can go back and record, you know, change anything anytime. And when I'm done with it, I get Johnny Rod to mix and master it for me. So yeah, like I gotta tell you, world. I gotta tell you, scene. I don't have the patience for it. I have, um, I, I don't, I don't. You know what? If it was old school analog, two inch tape, you know, Ampex four, Ampex four five six. If it was old school stuff with the big machines, you know, then I have maybe I have the patience for it because I'm familiar with it. But I don't have the patience, and I don't want to have the patience to have to sit down and start learning um, Pro Tools or you know, I tried I tried working with Sonar at one point. Um, I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. I want to focus on my music. I want to focus on the artistic part of it, and I don't and I don't want to. Sure. I want to be able to show up somewhere, plug in my guitar you know, get a, get, you know, set a metronome and go, you know, and, um, and I just, don't, I don't right. want to, I don't want to, I don't care about the other part. I don't want to be a part of it. I, you know, I, it's money, well, it's money well spent <laughs> for me to pay an engineer to go ahead and do it because I just don't have the, I don't have the patience for it. And then if I, if I have to worry about that, then I can't put a hundred percent into the performance. I hear you. I hear you. I just, you know, it's really, uh, it's not, I mean, I thought there'd be a steep curve, but it wasn't, you know, after working with Rod and recording for so many years, it's just really so easy to put it down and do it. And I understand if you don't want to get involved, that that makes sense to me. There's so many other things that you do. Uh, let me ask you, 
I've seen that uh, you had one song on a compilation disc in Europe, and you said earlier that you had stuff uh, that you were doing fan-related in Europe. How do you get all that stuff uh, to other countries? I don't speak any other languages? languages, but the um, the the funny thing, the compilation was um, something from Eldora Britain Records, and they do digital compilations. And um, in this case, uh, the guy who runs the company just kind of found me. He found my bands on on the um, on Bandcamp of all places. And then he um, contacted me. Would I be willing to donate a um, Would I be willing to donate a single um, for the compilation in exchange for, you know, obviously whatever, um, you know, publicity the song gets or whatever, you know, um, trying to take the word, um, but you know, yeah, you know, for whatever, um, you know, um, recognition the song gets through that, um, but also to possibly in yeah. the future um, work on possibly you know, something a little bit more, whether it's going to be um, distribution or, or even whether it's going to be, you know, signing a record deal um, with them, which I don't, I don't think is going to be the case. Um, but um, just doing promotions or whatever. I know they do like a, um, like he just sent me some interview questions. So they do a digital um, music magazine. So um, Faster Than Light's going to be featured in that. Um, um, awesome. It's from Eldora Britain Records, um, but I don't know the name of the actual magazine. It might just be called Eldora Britain Records, and then just maybe a volume number. But but they are, but they are on Facebook and wow. easy to find. Um, but the other stuff nice. has just been a lot of hard work. It's literally going to um, going on the internet and like picking a place. Like I'm going to target like New Zealand, and then what I'll do is I'll find all the radio stations in New Zealand that accept digital submissions. It's literally writing a letter and sending um, sending a couple of tracks, uh, an electronic, electronic letter, letter, you know, an email with the files. Some oh. some stations have asked for yep. physical copies, yeah. and of which case I've I've sent them. Uh, but for whatever reason, it seems that I I'm getting a lot of airplay in Australia, New Zealand, and even like Indonesia, like Asia for some reason, like Asia and Australia for whatever reason my, my music seems really? to connect a little bit so a lot of my streams come from there a lot of my physical right. sales um end up going there although um i should say more digital downloads than physical sales because shipping right now is abusive um i gotta tell you i sent a um i sent a cd to a friend up in um up in london ontario and just to ship the cd was 14 dollars. and yeah and uh, you know and i'm only Jeez. selling the cd for 10 so i've been I've been telling people, you know, on my website, it's like, if you live internationally, just, you know, just stream the CD or download it. And if you want a digital copy of the booklet, I'll just email it to you. I, you know, um, like the one I emailed to you um, in preparation for this. And um, it's just like, I, I feel bad, you know, I feel bad charging 10 bucks already for the CD, but then if I have to charge another 10 bucks for postage, it's, it's just, you know, now it's right. Now you should be buying, um, you know, now you should be buying Megadeth or Metallica. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be buying me, you know? Well, you know, everything goes up and everything has a price. And really, you know, if people value the music, then they, they want to pay it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not astronomical. I mean, it, it sucks with the shipping, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, deal, it is. Right? It's unfortunate because it's hard enough to make, as you know, it's hard enough to make money as a musician these days. And, um, you know, the streaming, the streaming services rip you off and... Uh, you know, I mean, wow. I get, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll find out like on any given day, I've had like 200 songs streamed and then that's a grand total of like 32 cents, you know, and, you know, if I'm lucky, that's a good day, you know, it's hard. 
Right. I know. It's like uh, for fifteen hundred views, you get like yeah, I got or something. If you know the band um, hey, Portishead, um, they I read an article with them a few years ago. They had something like like one like one year they had something like um, it was like ten million streams or something, and they it was a they got a grand total of about fifteen hundred bucks for it. And it's like it's not even a penny a stream. It's you know it's yeah yeah and sometimes a penny. and and, and sometimes I mean, they round it down and you get nothing. Right. Well, I think the president signed something that was supposed to give us a better cut. I don't know exactly what those percentages were, but it was supposed to be a lot better for us. I mean, I haven't yep. really been seeing too much. Then again, my stuff's still like <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't seen right much of my my digital rays yet. Um, I do do better internationally yeah. though. Um, I do get um, I, I do get my royalties collected through um, through ASCAP, and um, yeah, and they do oh, yeah. a pretty good job for me of getting international stuff. But to try to get money from America is just um, it's a ripoff. Someone's getting rich off all of our music, and it's not the musicians, and it's not yeah. the songwriters, and it's not the you know. I don't. I just don't get how the system works, and it's almost like you have to sometimes you ask yourself. You know, why do you want to be a part of it? And then, of course, the obvious answer is because you enjoy making music. Oh, that's what you do. I mean, you know, my mom would always say something like, you know, about the copyright. And then like, yeah, that's great, Ma. First of all, they got to be able to play my stuff if they want to steal it. And then it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because I can always write yeah. more shit yeah. and better shit. <laughs> you know, fakes can't, man. They steal that one thing and you go, yeah, but who's got the collection that all right. sounds like it? Me, you know, it's like uh, like Courtney Love. You know damn well that she took that song from uh, from Kurt. That uh, yeah, yeah. my makeup and my thing thing. I mean, that's totally him. I could see him writing those lyrics. He's out of his mind, and like it's such a Nirvana song. Not that I was a big fan, but you know, it's just when it's blatant plagiarism, <laughs> like Joe Biden, uh, people tend to notice it. You know, it, it's disgusting. It. And by the way, Joe Biden didn't win jack shit. The president has won re-election. I don't know if you know that, but. It, they're gonna they're gonna see when they recount all the ballots. I, man. I, He's got no no ballots. Look, um, no vote. I so I was actually surprised. Uh, I voted for Trump. Um, I'm not a big um, Biden fan. Um, I'll vote. I'll vote Democrat if they put up a good candidate. And um, and last time I voted Democrat, I voted for sure. Bill Clinton twice. And I thought he was. I thought he was all right. He, he, I thought he was a good president. But um, you know, yeah. But when you see what they, what the Clintons are involved yeah, but that with, was before, and but that was before and, we know. knew Clintons were all about, you know. Um, but even so, right. I thought he was. I thought right. he did a good job for our country. I thought, um, you know, I thought, you know, just from in the con, I thought the economy was was fine. My four hundred one k looked good, um, you know, and um, <laughs> you know, I thought he was he was a little bit tougher internationally on um, on countries that he should have been than I thought he could be. So I give him props for that, you know, but um, I like the way my 401k looks right now. Um, I'll say, yeah, well, you know, for the COVID, man, I mean, Trump's the best president we've ever had. Came through on every single thing he said he would do. He's going to do even more. And really, he's exposing all these idiots and the, just the left and the, the criminality that's been going on. I can't believe the disrespect that he's been just dealt by every one of these people, including Joe Biden. He wants to see people come together, but he's disrespecting the president. Like you're He had 70 million people face, vote for him. So I know Biden had 76, um, but, but he had 70 million people vote for him, which means that he's doing something right. Um, 
me tell you, there's there's so many uh, instances of fraud that he didn't get any of those votes. You can look at the, the rallies. There's 140 cars to tens of thousands for President Trump. All these people showed up. You, you The math suggests that there's no way. 450,000 b- ballots do not just show up yeah, I, for Biden. You know, there's dead people voting. There's all kinds of criminality going on here. And th- there's a thing about the Supreme Court that says they find uh, – they had a, a ruling in 18 something that said if they find vo- uh, illegal voting, fraud voting in, in one state, right. then they're all. I think that, that um, I think when all is said and so. done, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised if, yeah. if Biden won the election. But it, and I don't and I don't have a problem with it yeah. as long as when you count all the votes, you're giving me an accurate. If you're telling me that that Biden legit won, then. I'm not going to I'm not going to run out with a baseball no. bat and and break windows and loot department stores. But what I'll do is I'll I'll vote against them in four years. Right. Um, right. You won't be able to, though, because uh, he's going to bring in a whole new system of, of communism and stacking. Well, that's the why it's important that, that these um, Georgia day. runoffs go, you know, in the way of Republicans, because yeah. divided government in the House and the Senate is actually better than having one side control everything because because um, they're forced to work together. Totally. Right, right. We need that. And President Trump's trying. They're just, you know, they're so far left and Pelosi's out of her gourd. Yeah, it's going to so be a tough be four years, I have a feeling. Um, I don't think, it's gonna be, regardless of, of who they find to win or lose, I don't think it's going to be overturned at this point. And quite honestly, they probably shouldn't because if, um, well, because here's what I'm thinking, because if, if, if um, if let's say that they recount the votes and Trump wins, right? So you know, hypothetical. Okay, let's say they recount the vote. Hypothetical. The, the rioting that you're going to see in this country is going to come to an all new level. It's going to cause a civil war. And I'd almost rather see I'd almost rather yeah. see Trump cut a deal with the Democratic Party and say I'm going to concede the election, but I'm going to run again in four years. But 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 as a as a um, contingency to my. Um, to, to, to me conceding, you're going to make sure that you don't pack the courts. You're going to make sure that you don't reverse my tax um, cuts. You're going to do X, Y, and Z uh, at least for four years until until another. And you're going to figure out a way to count votes correctly. Because I got to tell you something, I think count from Sesame Street would do a better job than, than what these states did. Right. Well, let me tell you, first of all, we can't be beholden to people rioting as, you know, if you don't do, we're going to destroy everything. If you don't of course it you is. Know, vote our way, that's bullshit. That's, 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 we're not going to do that. So we're going to vote who, who we want. And I'm telling you, president vote, president Trump won easily. There's no way Biden got more, more votes than anybody in history when he had nobody showing up the rallies. They don't do that. Um, there's no, I, I, there's so much voter fraud is disgusting. And the glitches in the machines, they had 6,000 in one County, 42 other counties use that in Michigan, so that's 282,000 people that votes went the wrong way, and they use it in 30 other states. So, I mean, it's rampant. There's no way in hell that Biden got enough votes to beat the president. And, you know, all of a sudden, they start slowing down, right? And they go, oh, we're not going to count anymore because they have to wait for the Biden votes to come in. And on top of that, if they were so above board, why didn't they let the observers who were legally allowed to be there uh, see everything? And those are all good questions, and they have to to get answered. And and the bottom line is that, yeah. you know, no matter how you answer those questions, half of the country is going to be pissed and the other half is not. And it's a, it's a, right. it's a no win at this evenly, point. Though, but I think it's, 
you know, it's like it came down to America or, or communism. They want to take away our rights and they want to change everything. And President Trump is fighting for America the way it is. That's what it comes down to. And they want to, you know, if Biden's going to put a, a moratorium on his first hundred days of deportation, nobody's going to ever be deported again. He's, there's a 20 million yeah. illegals that are going to be made citizens overnight. There's going to be universal health care yeah. for everyone that we have to pay for. The border yeah. wall is taken down. Everybody's going to come from every country forever. We're never going to win an election ever again, and we have to pay for all this shit, but we're garbage. And they're going to have to take your property because they won't have any property that they need it to pay the taxes for all the things they want to do. I got to tell you, I pay so much money in taxes, as I'm sure you do. And it's, you know, I I can't even tell you, like, but my my property taxes are $18,000 a year. You know, and I I know that's cheap compared to a lot of people. What do you think of uh, yeah, an well, income tax of 62% you know what, I, I, well, I, I, First of all, I don't make enough money to end up in that 62% tax bracket. But but even still, even if even if yeah. my taxes cost me another $500 a month, um, you know what? I got, I got three kids, you know, and I'm already paying enough in taxes. And I got, pay for, I got two kids who are going to be in college next year. Yeah. And and then I have my own college debt that I'm paying, you know. So, so how do you... It's just not enough money. Right. I heard something today that the um, the federal government printed six trillion dollars worth of um, worth of money in um, the past two years. That's crazy. Mm, it's uh, yeah. Well, I heard the president tr- yeah. trying to get us back to the gold standard. So he's trying to dissolve the Federal Reserve and have them buy all our debt and then dissolve that and. Uh, so all kinds of things, but we need to get through this election. And, and then, he, you know, I, there's nothing that, that Biden would do that's for the country. Everything the president's done is for the people. And I don't well, you know what? Here's here's the thing, that, too. That um, like when Obama was elected, you know, everyone. Look, we all survived. You know, yeah. we all got through. Um, we'll get through. Look, we'll get through four years of Biden. We got through. We got through four years of Jimmy Carter. You know, um, we got, you know, I mean, we'll survive. But the problem is, is that maybe the good thing that comes out of this election is going to be, even if it's not Trump who's in office, maybe it's going to be the fact that we're finally going to revamp our election process so that we can actually accurately count votes. Because I don't understand how in the year 2020 you can't accurately count votes. And to me, it's very simple. You vote with your Social Security number. You vote with one Social Security number. Right, one vote. right. And they, they tra- you know, individuals. Well, the individual states changed the mandate with, uh, you know, with all the mail out ballots and that really messed the system up. But yep. the president protected that by using the, the chain block. And uh, so now with the recall, they've got nothing. They, you know, the reason that they slowed down was because the president was going to win uh, North Carolina, Georgia, um, uh, Pennsylvania, all these states that would have he would have been named the president that night in any normal election. But because they were like, oh, no, we got to wait for the Biden. And then you get the 450,000, the dead people voting. I mean, it's it's not speculation. It's all proof. This is all fraud. You can't, you know, there's n- there's no way to, to say it's fake unless unless it was. And, and uh, Joe Biden's in a, such a hurry because he knows it's bullshit that he can't win that. Let's go. Come on. I was already named uh, the guy. Let, let those funds go. And they're like, no, nothing's been decided. You're not getting any funds because you're not well, the you're not the well, uh, president. Well, I, and he never I know. It, he we're going to see how it plays out. Money. That's all I can tell you. Uh, well, of course, and, but on top of which, he's a he's a criminal. He's compromised. He's sold out the country to line his pockets, and uh, it's disgusting. And there's evidence everywhere, but the press just wants to ignore it. And it's like this guy needs to be in prison, let alone. Uh, well, well, the press is a big problem too, and that's um, 
and 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 social media is a problem oh, as well. Um, and they're, they're probably a bigger problem than the, than the press are oh, at this point. They they are, and, and everyone's making this big exodus off of uh, Facebook to Parler, not, I think. Uh, I'm, I, you know, it's funny. I, I opened up a Parler account, and I haven't used it yet. But the bottom line is, is that Facebook, like right now, you know, Facebook is too convenient for yeah. pushing my music, and um, and I, I can I can just never leave it at this if point the, because it's it's a it's a home base for you know it's a home base for my music. And, Right, but it's if you look at fine print on Parlor, it says in there, and I've read it a couple of times because I wanted to open an account like that. But it says anything you post is their property, or you give them a, a license to anything they want with it in any way they want to put it with whatever they yeah. want. So if you put up music, they can use it legally and with no with yeah. no acknowledgement, <laughs> well, no money towards you. <laughs> see, that so, sounds you know, kind of like what's happening anyway. You get iTunes and um and Deezer and Google Play and all the, you know and Spotify. They're using my music and. I'm getting screwed anyway, so what the hell's the difference? Yeah. Well, they say now that uh, the audience is the new currency. So, you know, if people are putting your stuff up and they, they're getting it for free, even that at least you know that people are, are caring about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Like it. It, it's I quality. Know. It's validation. It's, you know, other people that, that I, aren't getting I stuff know. put up it's, there. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of crookedness on, on, on both sides. And, you know, and I'm not saying that, look, I don't want my president to be a Boy Scout either. You know, I want my brother to be, you know, I want him to be, have the ability right. to be a ruthless son of a bitch when he has to be, you know. Right. And, you know, this guy wants to go backwards. Biden wants to get us into all these Obama things and get us into like the Paris Accord where we have to be at uh, 100% compliance in 2035 with the, the exhaust systems and China doesn't even start till then. It's like, I'm tired of being in organizations where yeah. they take our money and where they have an American last agenda. Fuck that. They fuck that. Fuck you, Biden. You'll never be president of the United <laughs> States. That's right. Slam Caesar's saying that right now. Right. And I, I, and one thing that makes me happy is smoking weed because we got a sponsor for today. We got the sticky icky and the dankness. Quality medicine for us all. We'll enjoy some weed. Nice. Yeah, weed. Okay. Oh, man. So, <laughs> all right. Let me get back to um, faster than light. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, let me ask you, what's your main, uh, equipment that you use? maybe a secret weapon that we don't know that you use in the studio. That you like okay. So um, on the first CD, 90% of the guitars are a, um, it's an Epiphone LP custom, Les Paul custom. It's got, um, it's got classic 59 Gibson pickups in it. And it's got Grover tumors. I bought it um, at a music store in, um, in Airmont, New York, Alto music. The Airmont location is not there anymore, but uh, my wife went next door to get her nails done. Yeah. And I went into the music store, of course, to look around. And there was this guitar just sitting on a stand with a, it was used. And um, I picked it up and started playing it. And it was just the most amazingly set up guitar that I've ever picked up in my life. I asked to plug it in. I plugged it into, into a Marshall amp mm -hmm. and it sounded amazing. And I went right back next door um, to my wife. I asked her for the visa card and, um, I got next door. It was 400 bucks. I bought it. Um, <laughs> 400 bucks I ever spent on a musical instrument. 90% um, of the guitars um, on that CD are, um, are that Epiphone. And then, um, but I also used a, um, I also used uh, my Gibson SG. I have another Gibson, real Gibson Les Paul that I used. And I also used a um, Fender um, Deluxe HSS Strat. So it's got a humbucker and a bridge and two coil pickups. And that, that's on there right. as well. Um, 
Right on. A lot of the guitars um, that you hear on the first CD are layered. There's like anywhere from four to eight guitars at any given time. Um, and I like layering guitars. I like that thick sound. Um, everything And everything was played out of a Marshall um, JCM 900 sure. that Johnny Rod had in the studio. But the solos, the solos were done um, oh. on a variety of guitars. Um, Mostly that that um, that Epiphone LP, but I also use the Gibson um, Les Paul for that as well. In the in the neck position, I like to do my leads in the neck position, and um, and I use the Tech Twenty One amp. And we took um, we took a line out. we took a line out from the Tech Twenty One, like a small one, like oh, yeah. a ten inch speaker. We took a, we took a line out, and we also mic'd it yeah. so that we could kind of get like you know a little bit more ambient type of sound, and. And again, J Rod knows what he's doing, so I, I trusted sure. him implicitly to set everything up for me. And um, so that was the, really the sound for the first CD. And I had every intention on having the same type of sound on the second right. CD. But when we went digital, the first thing I said to to Marco, who's engineering, I said, um, he's like, "Well, what do you want? What kind of sound do you want?" And I just said, "I said one Marshall JCM 900." And he, you know, and we were able to, to to punch one up, and we tweaked it a little bit. Um, and then I used, um, he's a great guitar player also, and, um, he does a lot of his own solo stuff. Um, just a band called Ferreira, which is basically him doing everything and singing. Um, and, and so he gave me the patch that he uses for his leads and, um, and I liked it a lot. And that's what you heard on, on the song Blacker that I sent to you. And, um, so I decided to stick with that and I think it's sounding pretty good so far. So, um, again, you know, we still have. We're still going to do a lot of work in the mix and we're still going to do, um, you know, on the other songs. Um, I'm finding that a lot of the new songs that I'm doing on the CD as I kind of have been going through everything uh, might be a little bit more um, right. cleaner sounds than on the first CD. The first CDs were pretty, um, you know, just a lot of a um, lot of Marshall amps, a lot of distorted guitars. And this one is going to have that. But I think some of the songs right. also are going to be just a little bit more of like the, you know, acoustic type strumming. And, um, and what I'm using for that is I'm using that, um, that Fender HSS Strat for my, for my, in the middle position for my clean tones. Right. And um, so far so good. So, um, but again, we'll see how everything shapes out. Um, but the plan is to record two songs at a time and go through that process six or seven times, have a nice assortment of songs to choose from and, put 12 or 13 on the next CD. Wow. No, well, you know what? I don't putting out like one song. I get month. annoyed when like, um, like a band puts out, um, a song, like if they put out a single and then you got, and then you got to wait three months for the album to come out. That just, that yeah. just bugs the shit out of me. It grinds my gears. So yeah, it really does. So I just don't, I want to hear really? like, you know, like ACDC has an album, I think coming out tomorrow. Right. Like I didn't want to hear the new song. Or if I'm going to hear the new song, let me hear it like a week before the CD comes out. You know, I just want to, I want to buy it. I want the excitement of getting the, you know, getting my Amazon package in the mail, ripping open the CD, putting it into my CD player and hearing it for the first time. And that's the experience that I want my right. listeners to have where I've been hyping it. Maybe I give them a, a snippet here and there of maybe one song, um, you know, 18 seconds, 20 seconds or something, you know, just so they can get a little taste. And then, you know, you know but to put something out three sure. months in advance or to put one song out, to me, that's not putting out a record. 
that's putting out, you know, like you, you're, you're my age. So you remember buying 45s. <laughs> I do not know what you are talking about, sir. I'm generation. Okay. But you, so, but you do remember the time, the days of so CDs and, um, or of um, 45s. And I don't want to put out 12 45s. No, I want to put out, to, <laughs> okay. to me, I want to put out a CD. It's got no. 12 songs, 13 songs. It's got a booklet. It's got something that you can open up and read and hold. And there's artwork and liner notes. And to me, that is, sure. you know, I don't want to just put out files, you know. Um, I don't want to just download or stream something. I, I, want, I want my listeners to actually have, you know, a complete work of art. Right, something they can engage. I mean, you with remember growing up, right, and you would buy forever. something on vinyl, right? And then the first thing you do, you, you don't remember that at all because nope. you're, you're twenty five years old. I, I, um, I can remember. I'm like but you know what I'm. But you know what I'm talking about. You yep. know, you get excited, yep. and then you put That's the fun. you put the record on, and then you're reading right. the lyrics because the lyrics came inside of the of the vinyl, you know, of, of the um of the record cover, and then there were liner notes, and you read the liner notes, and you looked at all the special things, and you knew who produced it. And who engineered it? And right. who played guitar on which tracks? And that was important. And now it's not, for whatever reason. Well, you know what? The weirdest thing that struck me is like, wait a minute, it's my album, but some idiot is writing notes on my album, and that's like considered a career. Like, no, I don't want you writing liner notes on my album. You, idiot. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I like to, um, do I like to read about that stuff. You know. Okay. And, um, and I like to see who got special thanks. And then every once yeah. in a while you get a, you know, you're reading something that's like, Oh, I know that dude. And, 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 you know, because we grew up, you know, in the same yeah. County, uh, we grew up in Rockland County, New York. And Here we the go. amount of musicians that have reached right. a level of fame from where we grew up, it's, you know, for a suburb, it's kind of uncanny. A lot of talent in that area. Well, what it's can I tell you? There's a lot of talent in that and area. Like, man, like, like Megatown. Like, people at the top of the game. Listen. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, people all around the world listening <laughs> to this, so they don't have Well, then I'll say it. Bands like Black Sabbath and Anthrax, right? And um, Coheed and Cambria, right? I mean, all these big bands have Rockland County, um, have some Rockland County roots. Overkill is another one. You know, I mean, you know as well as I do. Sure. And then, and then you have the local legends like Rip Pass, sure. right? And Adam well. Darkness. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. We there, we got a lot of Slamphines listening for the Adam Darkness. Uh, yeah, yep. A lot of stuff percolating there, so they're all excited Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. So let's get some feedback for that. Uh, yeah. Um, wh so where do you think that uh, Fast and Light is going in the next, uh, let's say, in the next few with the next project or whatnot? I mean, do you, do you see some kind of a tour getting to see people in Europe or is it just going to be strictly, Well, I think you know, the, the CD like is going to get are? done what at some point. So my, my goal for the CD was to be, to have it, have physical copies produced by August, 2021. Um, that might be a little ambitious and not, and the only thing that makes it ambitious is just the, the cost of everything. Um, once you get, because recording the CD, is not sure. the expense. The expense is then sending it out for mastering and then it's reproducing a thousand copies of it. And then it's, right. you know, and then it's advertising and then it's busting my ass, um, sending 
copies to whoever I need to send copies to. And then <laughs> it's soliciting radio stations and then it's late nights, you know, sending emails. Um, and it's all time consuming and costs money. And I know, I know, and, Man, but that's what I know. School, my friend all the way. There's the dinosaur that I, I the, <laughs> somebody that works harder than you. I do not know. Let me just say that. Cause that I, I really, after a while, I, you know, it's like you can promote stuff and for a long enough time and, you know, it's hard to it's hard to be everything. You know, I, I can't do it. I can't be the, the artist and the manager and, and, you know, do all that stuff. Also, the physical. Stuff. Yeah, I know. I've done I know. stuff in years. Um, it's all digital. And again, you know? that's why, you know, we were talking about that's like why uh, I didn't get in the studio. Wow. I, I don't want to have to sit there behind the board. I, I want to plug in. I want to tell my engineer, this is what I'm looking to do. This is what I'm going for. You know, I want to produce, but I don't want to I don't want to work the board. I don't want to look. I don't want to start looking patches i don't want to set levels um i just want to say hey this is what i'm looking for this is what i want to do this is how i want it to sound and then i want them to be able to dial that up for me right i hear if we live closer i would show you how to how to use it in a couple minutes and you'd be like oh my god this is the easiest thing in the world because i was like you before i was like i need to record somebody and i was using a four track as a sketch pad and I went to one of my friends, and he was, like, kind of being an asshole about it. He was like, uh, yeah, this is the beat. Use this beat. And, like, that's not the time that I want. And I'm it's different times. And he was just like, it was such a horrible experience that it made me say, wait, maybe I could do this myself. And then when I saw, I looked online, saw GarageBand, and got it. And, dude, it was so intuitive. I mean, the first day I had it, it took me two days to do yeah. the first song. And then after a couple more days, I had, like, five songs done. And now, I, I mean, the last two months, I have over 50 songs recorded. I mean, this is years already, but on the iPad, and it's just, it's so intuitive. It's so awesome. Yeah, I know, and that's so probably going to be the case at some point. Without, um, you know? Probably someone will sit down with me and, and show me how to do this, and it'll probably be one of my kids, <laughs> you know, and... Um, yeah. I, you save money. There's no there's no cost in recording. You can record I know, anytime, I know. change anything you want. I used to do it on my phone, bro. I did the, the Step Up album on my phone. I recorded everything myself into it. And, you know, it's just practice. You can do it. I swear to you, you can. Everybody who doesn't know, GarageBand is a great program. You should use it. I use it for all my recording needs. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just so easy. It's so amazing. It's it's really one of the best things in our lifetime, I would say, that just changes everything because it's digital. I don't even get an external mic. I use the mic in the in the thing like now. You hear me on the mic that's in the phone. I'm doing this through the app. It sounds great. I mean, of course, my phone. My yeah, mouth, no, my I hear you. great. Um, my mouth, my mouth, blah, blah. Yeah. I guess I gotta just jump. I got. I guess I gotta. Digital, I just gotta, gotta jump. My I can't even speak. I gotta jump into the pool. You know. <laughs> you do, man. You I step know. into the future already. Come on, you could do it yourself. I mean, it's you know, and then Johnny Rod's the king of mastering and mixing, and you know, you don't really have to worry about. I mean, they have the sounds inside the. You know, you can use an external thing if you want, Mike. But they have all the amps are inside. You just. You know, go with a, a sound and go with it, and you can tweak it later. It's the same thing, man. It's so easy. I, I think you, you're missing out because you could be doing, instead of one album, yeah. you could be doing five albums in the same I amount think, of time. I think I would be more apt everything. to be able to do but, that if I could sing. So, if I was a singer, then I think I might be more motivated, but I am vocally challenged. Yeah. And <laughs> Well, maybe you're a vocal ogre, but, uh, you know, you could send that out digitally, man. Johnny Rod and I go with back stuff, you know, back and forth. I mean, I'm getting credit on the uh, Darkness Day yeah. for being a producer. I did all the bass in my studio on my phone. <laughs> you know, and it sounds great. You know, Ron's like, yeah, how the hell did the bass sound sound like that? So, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, you I know, but, um, so, so I'm hoping, so, you know, 
you know, hoping for summer of 2021. I don't know what the band is going to look like as far as getting out and playing shows. I mean, right now everything is locked down. I have three shows scheduled for December. They're, they're canceled as of officially by governor Cuomo uh, as of tonight. And, um, yeah. 10 o'clock. Wow. With the, isn't there a, a curfew? Well, here's, well, here's the thing. You can go to restaurants close at 10, gyms close at 10. So it's okay to go out and have dinner at 9.30, but at 10 o'clock, COVID comes out. And then uh, at 10.01, all of a sudden, you can't have dinner at the restaurant. So all those, so my three December gigs are canceled. Uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to have a steady gig at Tarrytown Music Hall um, with my band Losing Our Faculties. Um, we, do, we always play the first January yep. of the year. And <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not going to happen this right. year. And that's, you know, and that's a charity gig that we do. Now, I shouldn't say charity. It's a fundraising event that we do every year. The um, Sleepy Hollow Performing Arts Boosters. Sure, and sure. Um, it's just a great experience playing on that stage. And, um, you know, it's like a dream come true. You know, you're playing, not that you're playing to, to, to a thousand people, but you're playing in a, in a theater that seats a thousand people. You, you still have a few hundred people there and a lot of them are there to see to see our bands and it's fun and uh yeah and it's it's fun but now it's frustrating because awesome. now i gotta wait another year to do that and you know, at least a year who knows i mean who the hell knows what's happening here yep you know uh, i don't know. i think we all have to make sure that we're never sick again uh before got, we can go outside just honestly i think people air. should I mean, just the ignore these, over these laws um and I, I think it really should be you know like i get it if you have a compromised yeah. immune system you know i get it you don't want to go out and be around people and, and i respect that yeah but but you know if there's a business in my town yeah. and no one's sick or they're they feel pretty comfortable that they can open their business and they want to limit the number of people who come in and you know whatever and and i'm and i'm i feel comfortable where i can go around people you know whether i have to wear a mask not wear a mask but you know if i feel comfortable i don't understand why my level of comfort has to end at someone else's level of discomfort yeah Right. Why well, they put their fears onto us. Right I now. get it. If you're living with why, your why, parents why, why, who are 85 years old and they're, and they're immune system comrades, then I get it. You shouldn't be outside and you shouldn't right. bring anything home that might get someone sick. But I, I don't. I live with my wife and my three kids and everyone's healthy. Right. And if I want to go out and, you know, go to a restaurant right. and everyone in the rest, you know, the restaurant owners are comfortable and they're going to do business. I should be allowed to bring my family there. Um, whether it's nine o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock at night or midnight and have a meal. And, you know, it's my, and it's my risk. <laughs> right. Breathe the free air. You know, it's like, you know, why I know. I'm so scared of something with and a 99.8% recovery rate. It's like they want a vaccine for what, what, what can, how much better can it get? I mean, you got my 73 year old parents who are healthy as could be. They're like in a fright that they're going to be dead. Moral because of this stupid fake bullshit. There's no test data that indicates there's a no new disease. There's people, die, you know, there's two million people die in this country every year, and it's just what they're doing. I mean, what Cuomo's done in that, you know, in your state there, man. Why he took his grand, his mom out of the, the nursing home, but then he put all these infected. People the the thing that I have a problem and, with is know, that it's political. political. That's and criminal. It's you no, know, 
Yeah. A lot of people need to be held accountable for this. And he's definitely one of them. And, um, you know, I got to tell you something. Trump, I heard Trump won 42% of New York, which is unheard of now for a, since Reagan is unheard of. And I think things are starting to change a little bit. Um, But. I'm telling you, they say he might have even won California. Like he said, he won most states. I don't doubt it, man. Tell me. I don't doubt it. Well, I'm telling you, nobody wants Biden and what he's bringing. Well, tell me why you know? the House of Representatives picked up on Republican seats. You know, there's so, a reason for that. Right. Right. Well, and then there's the, the uh, it's the Bauman curve or the Biden. The, the yep. something. There's a, a mathematical thing where it always deals with large amounts of numbers. And the president's uh, numbers, they all yep. go along with the, the curve, the way that there's more ones than anything else. And Biden's go at all. So they're like, yeah, that can't, it can't be real. There's, there's so many just even mathematical things that don't work out with what they're saying. I mean, they have it in uh, – you get fined in Australia if you don't vote. Yep. And they have like uh, – I think it was like 60 or 70% voting turnout. They had a 90% yeah. yep. turnout voting for Biden. Are you fucking kidding me? There's no way. You know, it's just – the numbers are just ridiculous, and uh, you just, you know, you can see that there's so many things that are wrong with this election, but I, I just wanted to do that one that they, they go, you know what, everything is, uh, we found the fraud here. and uh, Yeah, I, again, I think that ship has sailed. I think, it's, I think we're stuck with Biden for four years, and and it is what it is. It's not gonna, they're not going to overturn nah, it. I'm they telling you, they're going to cut it. I'm telling you. Yeah, they are. I'm telling you, they, there's no... Uh, there's no, there's no deal. First of all, there's, these people are crazy. There's no dealing with them. And secondly, uh, President Trump easily won. There's no, like, the, the CBS and the news, they don't get to call shit. Just because they called it didn't mean anything. They're the fake news. People are saying that. Oh, well, I don't think they're going to overturn it. They are going to overturn it because the truth is right. going to come out. It's like with Gore when he thought he was the president for 37 days. And what happened? Bush was appointed yeah. president because well. he won the votes. Biden does not have the votes to be president. I'm telling you. I guarantee you. I feel it in my bones, like most of the things that I'm right of, like, you know how the people are celebrating in the streets of for Biden? Well, somebody take a picture of them because they're all Antifa and BLM without their masks on. They're the people on standby to riot when everything goes bad for them. I don't care. Bring it. Let's fight these fucking assholes. Little pussies already. You want some violence? Let's bring it. But I'm not going to couch out of that and not have the president. Well, and then win I think, you're try I think a lot of the, you know, now that the rioting seems that. to have died down, you know, for obvious reasons, I think that's I think that's also putting a lot of pressure on it's going to put a lot of pressure on Trump to just kind of concede and go away for a while. He'll, he'll never concede. He didn't lose. He totally won. And there's no reason well, for him to ever concede. He would never concede because Biden's not going to win. I'm telling you. Right. There's no well, we'll see how it goes. That's it. There's no way in hell Biden won. <laughs> you can't have tens of thousands of people at the rallies and then 140, even 240 cars at the Biden's the, and there's nobody the in problem, there. Nobody's listening. To the problem is, is you have the big man. cities that are deciding the elections. That's that's what it is. Right, they're all cheating with the dead people voting. I saw that. You know, I think uh, Michigan had um, one hundred fifteen year old plus people um, vote in the election. Yeah, I mean that right there. That's you know that's know. you can't. That can't not be fraud. That's evidence. That's proof. That's it right there. But is it enough? No matter what they but say, is it enough votes to overturn it? That's you the thing. Lose. Oh. It's enough to prove it's, fraud, it's enough, but is it enough to overturn? And I think that's, that's the problem. 
Well, not, they're not overturning anything. They have to count, they're counting the votes and the recounts, and the true votes will come in, and Biden doesn't well, have it. That's well, why like I said, we're going to say he couldn't win. There's no way. We'll say, I'll be I, look. I'm, I'm glued. I'm glued it. to Fox News uh, almost every night for a few hours, just watching and you know checking it out. Yeah. You should uh, you should watch some Greg, other channels well, like uh, you got Greg Greg um, what's his name? Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, Greg Garfield, the guy that was the uh, the Marines for for like I don't know was, was he the reserves for like another twelve? Yeah. Um. Oh, he's he's an oh awesome yeah, yeah okay. Guy. He's on he's on YouTube. He's uh Greg Kelly. That's his name. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. I actually watch Lou Dobbs all the time. It's amazing. I left my pulls off watching even, that um, Even um, Wolf so Blitzer serious, on you know? CNN was questioning um, some of the stuff too. Yeah, I something. He's been more than yeah, he's been more than fair too. Um, with this whole situation, because um, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a couple of um clips with him, and even he was Every, like, um, even he was getting on reporters. How come you're not asking Biden the tough questions? Yeah, well, that's how. Right. Well, they, you know that's how it goes. You know the rules now, are different. Yeah, I know, and it's disgusting. So you know, it has to really has to end. Yeah, um, it has to. That's what this is all about. He's bringing everything down. So, um, let me ask you, uh, what do you think uh, an important piece of gear in your time as a bass player? Uh, what do you think that would be that you as a bass player would hmm. change the industry? I'm for the pretty better? much a minimalist when it comes to my bass rig. Uh, I guess if I had to right. come up with anything, I've been using um, an Ibanez um, bass tube screamer, and I have that as um, probably hmm. it, it, let's say it's I'll say it's always on, so no matter what song I'm playing. That, that thing is on and it just gives a little bit of, yeah. of an edge to my sound. I've always been searching for like that Getty Lee sound, but I don't want to play a Rickenbacker. And I know he's been using, a, he's been using the Fender jazz bass a lot. Right. And, and I, that's what I play. Mostly I play out of a Fender jazz bass. Right. Um, but he must have something sure. obviously about either his pickups or whatever that, that, you know, well, he's got the yeah, uh, and maybe that's what gives it. But the, I'm even uh, thinking, like, if you go back and if you listen to like his isolated tracks, like on the movie picture stuff, it's just got a grit and a dirt to it. Yeah. It almost sounds like he's using like a, like a Proco Rat distortion. Um, but I've been, but I've been using, uh, I've been using the bass screamer and trying to get that Getty Lee sound. Um, I'm playing it out of a few amps. I have a Promethean um, Ibanez practice amp. That really belongs to my son Max. Um, I've been, I kind of hijacked it. Um, I'm using that. I also have a Fender um, four by ten. Um, <laughs> that I, it's a Fender Bassman five hundred with um, plays out four by ten, and um, I use it right with on. that. And the only song I think I like I don't use it on is like I have to play um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" um, by Nirvana. One of my bands does it, and. And it doesn't sound right on that song for some reason, so I take it right. off. But I would say that like 99% of the songs I, I, I play, right. that bass screamer is a big part of my sound. It just sounds, it's just everything just sounds thin without it. And it right. and it may not even sound thin, but I'm just so used to having that yeah. pedal on that when it's not there, I notice it and it bothers me. But I but to me that that pedal is a game changer. Like as soon as I bought it, yeah. it just right. stuck to my board. Um, 
you know. But um, but other than that, I don't. I really don't use much. I have a um, I have a baseballs um, yeah, baseballs um, it's like a compressor, I guess, um, or uh, envelope filter. Um, I use that on a few songs, and it's got it's kind of neat. It's got a little switch that will give you some distortion. So sometimes I'll keep it on in the distortion um setting if i need if i feel like i need a little bit of a, of a cut through the mix but um but i guess the, the the ibanez pedal is just great and i know a lot of people like you know guitar players swear by the um the the ts909 chip you know on there yeah you know and same thing on my bass it's just um, yeah it's, just, tube screamer. it's the best um best 150 bucks I ever spent on a pedal damn well uh, as far as guitar, you know, I think there's a difference if you if you're getting distortion from pedal and you're playing some kind of metal, you're just really fooling yourself because yeah. uh, you need a tube head. There's nothing that that's you know that's like that. Um, but the thing that I've realized recently, and I mean in the last few years, is that the speakers or a great cabinet is better. You need a better cabinet than a head, really, because all all heads sound the same after a while when you get to a certain volume. But the cabinet and the speakers, I mean, I, I recently, yep. last year, got a 1936 Marshall uh, 212. And, man, I'm telling you, yep. I have a uh, the DSL-20 all-tube head. And that thing, yep. my Jackson Soloist, that will crush anything. Anything. I mean, it is, it is beefy as could be. I, I can't wait. I'm getting a WR1 uh, the next few months. And uh, just to hear that with that rig, man. It's yeah, just, I had a um, PSL forty is on my list. It's on my want list, but I have a um, a Marshall, um, and it's not a tube amp. It's um, it's actually a very, very warm sounding solid state amp. But it's um, it's a Marshall fifty two twelve um split channel reverb amp, and I bring it to gigs every so often. It's really heavy. It's like over a hundred pounds. Um, but um, everyone always says like, oh, what kind of tubes do you use? You know, and it's like, well, it's not a tube amp. It's actually a solid state, but. Uh, but it sounds so warm. Whoever built it did did a great job yeah. on it. Um, but it's basically a um, it's basically a, like a solid state version of a JCM nine hundred. And again, sounds or maybe it's an eight hundred. No, I think it's an eight hundred. Yeah. And um, and it sounds uh, it just sounds phenomenal. It's just that it's not always reliable, yeah. so it doesn't leave my house all that often. But um, I'm really struggling to find a good um, right. a good guitar amp. I like combo amps. Uh, I have a Vox that I've been using. I have a Fender Deluxe yeah. um, combo that I've been using, and I loved it at first. And now that I've owned it for several years, I'm falling out of love with it. I really want to go out and get like 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 a Mesa, but they're you know, but they're they're over two grand. Right. Yeah, you should check out Blackstar, man. I got the HT5, and it's I'm telling you. That thing is loud. I plugged it into my 412. I mean, it can't go over. I, yeah. With the new rig, I can't go over four. So, and I only have 20 watts in that. It's, it's you know, you plug into more amps and more cabinets, and it, it, you know, you get so much more volume. But you, you know, where are you going with that? I mean, yeah. 20 watts is tremendous of all tube. Yeah. I, state, I, played the, like, I played the you know, Black Star when I when I bought the Fender Deluxe. So, I played or the Hot Rod Deluxe. I played the Black Star, and um, I was on the fence about it. Um, Maybe I needed maybe I needed more time to to mess with it, but I oh, I, I did end oh. up going home with, with the Fender, and like I said, it was it was a good pickup for me for a couple of years. But then I think my my sound changed, and I started um I started using a different um different chain of pedals, and maybe it's just the mix has not been so great um for this particular amp. So that's always been 
I mean, I've been fighting that battle for right like on. my guitar sound. I've been fighting that battle for 30 years. And I can't, I can't get it right. Bass, bass, I, right. I nailed it. But guitar, right I just here. can't, just can't figure out how to, how to be happy. You know, it's funny because I always thought that I needed like a, a guitar shreddy, melty kind of sound, like a blazing. And then I was, there was something that I heard when I heard the new Marshall. And I'm like, you know, something there that I'm missing from my, I, you know, I, I go for like a hardcore, a hardcore absolutely, sound more than a metal sound. I don't yeah. know if you know the difference between them, but the hardcore. All right. Yeah. Well, for, our, for yeah. Our, all our friends out there, the, the hardcore is more dry and, and it's just uh, a, a just, cutting like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more cohesive to uh bitten kind of riffs let's say uh, so when i heard the marshall even like the dumbest kid that was doing a demo he wasn't even paying attention but i heard what i needed to hear and i'm like dude that's what i've been missing and i i switched you know i couldn't believe i was marshall guy but with the cabinet man holy shit that thing will shred any that'll make johnny's rods uh jcm 900 just sound like a little fender nothing you know no yeah, respect, I mean, but I'm telling you, and I gotta tell you, another another great sounding amp. Um, and I've, right. I haven't bought a PV product in years, but I really love the um the um fifty one fifty heads. They're they're great. Um, yeah, yeah, they're ph phenomenal. The but the, the problem is, you can't play it in the third um the third there's three channels. You can't the third channel unless you're continuously strumming and yeah. um and playing. Once you take your hands off of it, it just it just explodes. It blows up, and it's just like it's noise, what? you know. And you got to really be disciplined and controlled. And I would love to own one, but then, you know, I don't know that I, you know, if I was playing arenas, I guess it would be great. But I, yeah, a garden. But I never heard that it exploded. I mean, uh, my buddy has an original fifty one fifty, and I actually used it uh, doggy dog audition. And after a while, man, that those tubes were glowing, and that yeah, thing was just that third, you know, that third channel. The that, that's the tough ever, one to so, control. Uh, but the new ones. Oh well, the new ones. I don't think they no, have any no, issue. You know, they no. have the sixty-five hundred five. But you don't need a hundred yeah, watts. Yeah, I play, I play live with um, I play live at forty watts. Um, my Fender, and if I do bring the Marshall out now, the, the Marshall is um is fifty watts, but it's a it's but you know fifty watts is loud for a Marshall, and. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I don't need all that headroom for playing a, like you know, playing a shitty club. I don't, I don't need all that headroom. Yeah, right. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, uh, well, we want to thank you for uh, coming on the show tonight. Slash is universe has been fun. Keith Len, Blaster of Light. Uh, anything you want to say <laughs> to our uh, listeners out there? Estonia and Latvia as well. Um, uh, I just want to, I just want to thank you for, for the time tonight. Um, I just want to sure, direct everyone not? to my website. It's um, www.ftlnation.com or you can go to my personal website, which is www.keithlenproject.com and all my musical stuff is there. And if you haven't already taken a chance on the Faster Than Light CD, it was released in March, 2017. It's called Now We're Speaking French. And, um, Please Spotify, go to Spotify, go to iTunes, awesome. stream it, download it. If you want to own a physical copy, go to um, ftlnation.com. There's um, they have I have um, CDs um, for sale in the store, and yep. And um, you know, again, oh, you can also contact nice. me through the website. Um, you can tell me that you love the CD. You can tell me that you hate it. Um, whatever you want, and I appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to be. I just wanted to be heard. 
Who's gonna say you that? Know? Sure. And it's great, man. Why shouldn't it be? I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I think that uh, you got a lot going on. I, I, you know, love that you're doing all this stuff that. at the same time. I appreciate that. You know, it, it's um, awesome. It's yeah, you don't even know, but back in the day, I was like a big fan of sure. Out of Darkness, of your band. And, um, you know, I'd seen you guys. I don't know if you even remember that we've met, like, probably 100 times. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Oh. We have, um, we have like, sure we have, man. I have like 8,000 mutual like friends. I so I know, we, I know we've met. No, I, I remember. I know we've, we've spoken before at Kelsey and things like that. But I, I appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me the chance to, um, to chat and have some fun and get my music out there and talk politics. And um, hopefully we get to do it again. Well, yeah, definitely, man. Next year, we'll, uh, season two, we'll have you on. You know, we'll see what you're up to. And, uh, See uh, how the country has changed, yep, I hear and uh, I hear and what we're uh, predicting now will be the reality. You know, so awesome. I'll, I'll uh, we'll definitely talk again and have you on. It will be a great man. It's been uh, a lot of fun. We'll say uh, once again, thanks to all our sponsors: Sticky Icky in the Dankness, Decoy Medicine for All, Mar- Marijuana is Medicine should be legal in all fifty states, yo. And thank you for listening to Slam Caesar. And we thank Ken Lane. And uh, we want to say what's up to my buddy uh, Derek Kybush. This is dedicated to him because he unfortunately yeah, passed away. Dad, I saw, I saw uh, that really on the friend of mine. Yeah. Kind of really upset about that. Uh, so, yeah, we want to say thank you. Uh, you know, all everybody that that knows him. We want to just say, uh, you know, uh, dearest, deepest sympathies because it's horrible. So, um, but this has been fun. Other than that, uh, yeah, take care. Thank you on the show. Thank you so much.